1: This week in League, Russell Packer is awarded a 1 out of 10 for his Steve Mathai impersonation.
2: Paul Osborne turns to a life of crime, his sentence, to run the Parramatta Eels.
1: Wales picks six Australian-based players in their four-nation side, yet none of them play in the NRL. Well, one place for the Sharks, but you
2: know. And we pay homage to our genius as we revisit our predictions from the start of season 2011.
1: All that and more, this week in League. Welcome to episode 70 of This Week in League, I'm mate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, housekeeping. Again, a reminder on the shirts, we are on pre-order status with the shirts and we are not pulling the trigger until we reach a minimum level of orders for each design. So, if you've been thinking of grabbing a shirt, then make sure you get on board now, basically, because, I mean, there's a number of people who've actually jumped in um, to grab the pre-order. Don't want to leave it too long between, like, those guys ordering and then... You know, actually getting them on so if you're thinking of getting a shirt get on thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop get on there have a look at shirts and uh yeah get on board so we can print them up
2: get in for some Christmas presents order them for for friends exactly footy loving family members
1: exactly because the issue is I mean, we just don't we just don't know what, what size the demand is going to be for mm. so rather than just like you know because I mean, it's un, unlike the you know like the hats are great because they come in they're two sizes yeah you know and uh But even with them, we've found that, you know... People have enormous fucking heads. Exactly. (laughs) The small to medium ones aren't moving nearly as quickly as the large ones. Um, So, yeah, we just want to get an idea of representative spread of the sizes. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Secondly, podcast awards. Thank you to everyone who's voted so far, but we need many, many, many more votes. We're playing against the big boys, ESPN and co. uh, So we need to get as many votes as possible because, you know, I have a feeling that, like... Our listeners are going to be more engaged and more <clears throat> likely to vote than theirs, and so hopefully we can sneak in the back and uh, take them out.
2: I've got a good feeling about it. Yeah, I reckon we're going to take it out.
1: Yeah, I don't. I do feel confident. Of, I don't feel confident at all because just because of the size of the people. I mean, cl- the size of the people that we're up against, um, and the markets that we're up against. But I think that if um if we can keep voting, I mean, like you know. I put a vote in at work and a vote in at home every day Um, you can vote once a day per email address um, an IP address so um, you know if everyone if you can get like a vote in uh, per day for us up until it's it's back October the 26th October 27th 27th, something like that it would be very 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 helpful Um, and speaking of voting the next point I have uh, well sorry with the voting podcastawards.com hit up This Week in League in the sports section it's on the right you know, towards the bottom. Um, Fill, out your details. Fill out your details, your verify email address, your, your name. Vote. Make sure you verify your vote. I mean, they say that they randomly select the email addresses, you know, with each vote, whether or not it requires verification or not. Fucking every single time mine gets asked for yeah, verification. You, you
2: verify every vote. Just plan on that.
1: Yeah. just Plan on getting an email that you have to click, a, you know, like a verification link in there and then it'll take you back to the site and say, you know, your vote's been recorded or whatever. Uh, if you want to throw a vote in for some other people, Joe Rogan is in the video category. Joe Rogan experience, throw a vote on him.
2: His podcast is awesome.
1: Yeah, uh, in the adult category or mature category, I think it is, uh, Smodcast is on there. Kevin also Smith. equally is awesome. Yeah, and I mean, that was one that uh, I've been listening to for years and years and was a big kind of inspiration in actually starting a podcast up. And then you've since come on board this year, like recently with Smodcast. Um,
2: to be honest, I didn't know what a podcast was before you said, let's do a podcast. <laughs> um, so I've had a bit of a steep learning curve. Uh the Joe Rogan experience is just freaking amazing. Like, yep. he's obviously renowned for, for various things, but. Everyone knows it's so
1: different, moment, yeah. Like, well, people. Some people would go, oh, yeah, he's the guy, you know, stand up comedian guy, yeah. and he was on news radio. And then other people would only know him as, like, oh, he's the colour commentator from UFC stuff. Yeah. And then other oh, people. Oh, he's that guy from Fear Factor. Yeah, yeah no, so. he's Fear Factor. Yeah, exactly.
2: But, super intelligent dude, funny. Yep. Uh, really interesting stuff he gets into. I, I find that podcast really entertaining. Uh, and obviously Smodcast is freaking... and that whole network of podcasts that they've got going on over there is, uh, is they're all funny in their own right and yep. yeah, really entertaining. So good times. I'll throw a vote on for them as well. I matter. have a few in my in my rotation. So
1: yeah, I've got some in my rotation now. Yeah. i have actually get to get to the stage where I fall behind on yeah. a lot of them. Um, and then so usually when I'm like if I have a day where I'm like working at home, then I can usually smash through about a week's worth of all of them. Um,
2: but if you listen to all of those make sure you listen to us first exactly just saying
1: exactly priorities speaking of voting make sure that you vote for the almighty Ottoman Joel Romulo to ensure that he gets into the indigenous all-stars side last year the Ottoman effect well, well he wasn't in full effect I mean we were behind him 100% but the wider population weren't behind him yet I mean people you know they kind of took our word you know and said okay yeah he's great you know never seen him don't know anything about him this year he's emerged in first grade since smashing fools, killed on a couple them. of people, killed a few people, scored a try, scored the essentially the grand final winning try, As in, you'd that, expect. in the yeah. So um, for for the doggies in the uh in New South Wales Cup grand final just uh two weeks ago. Could I, you imagine
2: I, the movie that's going to be made about his career? Oh, I it's going to be sensational. Kill. <laughs> the Joel Romelu story.
1: Yep, yep. I like it. I still, I still like you know like pain trains, you know, the pain really? train. Yeah, it's that, that, a good, it's a good one.
2: It's it's no ottoman. Well, no, it's no ottoman, but I mean, it's equally as fitting though.
1: Yeah, we could just be like Enter the ottoman, and it could be like end of the dragon, Bruce Lee, and instead, instead of <laughs> instead of Bruce Lee, it's just like it's just like Romelu just just shotting people up <laughs> instead of, instead of kicking them and punching them, <laughs> he's just shotting them up. <laughs> All movie You're sensational,
2: putting shoulders on.
1: Okay, I I demand to be an executive producer on on that movie. Excellent. (laughs) It's my my idea, I claim it. I demand Um, to be
2: the fluffer. Yeah. Hang on, did I just say that out loud?
1: Yes, yes you did. Finally, for me anyway, uh, the Jabra comp has concluded and uh, loved having those guys on board. And great news for the winners of the competition, I have taken delivery today of the Jabra Sports headsets and I'll be mailing them out shortly, so uh, I guess expect to receive your prize if you're a winner uh, sometime in the next week.
2: I have been road testing my Jabra Sport over the last few days, and my God, the sound quality—it's freaking awesome. Yeah, I love it. Uh, the fit and the feel of the of the headset itself is is really good. Uh, obviously, doing a fair bit of walking and stuff in the weight vest with the dog, and um, a bit of stuff at the gym, and yep. yeah, really. And
1: so you're using it with a iPhone three GS, is it? Yeah, yep, yep. Easy to set up
2: yeah very much so uh, works really well the sound quality is great I think it's awesome worth every bit of the money that um, that people would pay for them I think they're about 150 bucks yep Yep. Um, so yeah we're really keen to get everyone else's feedback the guys that won them and, and obviously if you want to send us a tweet or any feedback you want make sure you um, hit us up and include Jabra in there as well it's yep. at Jabra J-A-B-R-A underscore A-N-Z yep And um, whatever feedback you've got, good or bad, I'm sure they'd be happy to hear it.
1: News First story Russell Packer, the copper week. New Zealand's front row stocks have been further depleted for the opening Four Nations Test against Australia after Warriors prop Russell Packer was hit with a one-match ban for his high shot on Kangaroos captain Darren Lockyer at Newcastle on Sunday. Packer.
2: Fudge, <laughs> as he's known. <laughs>
1: yeah, I didn't know if we were going to go into that, but I mean, it does lend itself to be the, 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 the nickname it's for kind it. has gone obvious. Exactly, exactly. Uh <laughs> Uh, they're expecting Packer to join Adam Blair in the grandstand for the October 28 test at Warrington, forcing the New Zealand coach to use Warriors forward Ben Madalino in a front row role. Penrith, Sam McKendry, Parramatta's Fui Fui Moimoi, and Sydney Roosters prop Jared Maria Hargraves all played in Sunday's 42-6 loss to Australia at Osgrid and are near certain to retain their places in the opener. What else have we got to say here? Besides Madalino, Kearney also has Melbourne's second rower Kevin Proctor, Warriors winger Bill Tupo and... Wigan halfback Thomas Lulawai available for selection against the Kangaroos, and further changes are expected. Uh, with the Kiwis' defence exposed out wide, he might consider moving captain Simon Mannering or Brisbane's Alex Glenn from the second row into the centres. Um, and yeah, they're saying they might playing
2: even, second rows in the centres worked really well for him.
1: Yeah, and they might they might even shift foreign into the centres as well. They're saying, and then that would mean that they could uh, shift Fiend from uh, hooker to the halves, and then basically, I guess, put Luke on to start. Um, and speaking of Luke, uh, he did not get uh, any penalty for his uh, cannonball leg tackle on uh, third man Friday.
2: Despite all the um, noise being made about how that particular tackle has going to get out of the game, um, certainly through the NRL season, I they, know they, they play under different rules at international level, but
1: they kind of raised it, but they never really came down on it hard like they came down on. For all know, the noise got made, that got made, that was choking. the most
2: graphic example of that. Exact tackle that yeah. they've
1: been talking yeah. about. So, yeah, and I saw I saw an interesting tweet from um, from Sean Fagan RL nineteen oh eight on Twitter when he said, "You know what? If you don't want that tackle to happen, then referee call held. Yeah, he call held and stop you know struggling for a minute. You know, with the exactly. guy standing in the tackle, call yeah. held, and then the guy won't shoot it. You know, good point. Makes a lot of sense to me." Next story, Independent Commission first priority is going to be TV rights. The eight members of the incoming Independent Commission met today for the seventh time as they prepare to begin negotiations for a new television deal. While News Limited and the ARL are still finalising details of their exit from the game, the commissioners want to ensure they hit the ground running on November 1 and have been working hard behind the scenes to ensure that they're ready to take over. Chairman-elect John Grant said the first major issue once the commission took over would be the new television deal, which club bosses were told that an NRL confidence in August could be worth up to $1.4 billion over five years. We've already been briefed as to where the NRL executive team has got to, but what we haven't decided yet is how we go about it and who's going to be involved, Grant said. Um... They say last week, uh, figures were published uh, by The Herald that showed 128 million people watched NRL games on television this season, which is 15 million more people than watched AFL, and they recently announced a $1.25 billion broadcast deal over five years. It's big bucks. Big (laughs) bucks. Massive bucks. However, you know, probably worthwhile when you look at the comparison. Um,
2: Let's just hope that uh, decisions get made once the commission is actually formed and takes effect um, and takes control let's just hope that the decisions they make uh don't take as long as the actual formation, formation of yeah. the fucking commission itself
1: i agree i agree
2: cuz we were talking about this
1: this this time last year last season it, we were <laughs> talking about november 1 deadline this year no oh, sorry uh, november last year. last year we were talking about november yeah november 1 deadline last season to kick it in and now i mean clearly progress has been made
2: Bus. Oh, I'm not denying that, but jeez, it's been a long-winded process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has. a lot of guys, obviously, the gravy train might have dried up for a few people and they've been digging their heels in. Yeah,
1: and that's probably what a lot of it's been.
2: I would imagine there's a, there's a few um, stuffy old elbow patch-wearing people that have been drawing <laughs> money out of the game for a lot of years that aren't going to be part of this commission and probably don't like the fact that they might have to go and get a real job. Exactly. Um, And unfortunately, that seems to have been... Some of the uh, reason why the process has taken so long, but I'm just looking forward to knowing who's who in the zoo, so to speak, and, and yeah. watching them do what we've all been waiting for them to do, and do starting with lit, the TV rights. And, I hope
1: they live up to the hype. I mean, cause it's kind of been bandied about as you know, like the the the, the solve all. Yeah. You know, the cure-all, you know, for, for everything that's, that's wrong in the, the administration of the game. Yeah. So uh, they, they'd want to live up to that.
2: Let's hope they don't uh, Jared Hain. it.
1: <laughs> yes. Speaking of Jared Hain, his club, Parramatta, in strife. You think, talk talk about teams where, you know, the the board the, the boardroom's a mess. Manly. Given the way the Daily Telegraph's been going on lately, you'd say, oh, manly. Uh-uh, wrong. Parramatta. Paul Osborne. It's got some explaining to do. The Chief Executive, Paul Osborne, uh, he owes money to the club's chairman and he's denied he owes money to a senior player who was promised a lucrative deal to join the club in recent years. When asked about the matter yesterday, the player said he was on holiday and said I'm not getting involved in any of this crap. Mr Osborne denied through his lawyers yesterday that he owed any money to any player. The Herald also (laughs) revealed that Mr Osborne was investigated over fraud allegations when he was a member of the ACT Parliament. A builder, Barry Morrison, claimed yesterday that Mr. Osborne still owed him $29,500 for work done building a house on the outskirts of Canberra. Through the, although the Australian Federal Police cleared Mr. Osborne of wrongdoing in relation to the claims he'd, that he'd forged his signature and stolen a cheque, an internal review of the initial police investigation was scathing. It was found that Osborne, a former New South Wales police officer, was in daily contact with the investigating officer, had been linked, leaked other witnesses' statements, which enabled him to anticipate the scope of the investigation. This was the first investigation into a serving member of the Legislative Assembly, the 2001 Internal Affairs Report said. That being the case, the conduct of the investigation should have been second to none. This was not the case. The Parramatta Rugby League Board is in turmoil after Director Glenn Duncan quit last week over the way the Board was handling allegations involving Mr Osborne's financial dealings. The Board was told that apart from Mr Osborne having to repay $35,000 in personal expenses he accrued on the club credit card... He had also been slow in repaying $9,000 in cash collected from the sale of football jerseys in December 2009. The board was told that when Mr. Osborne was asked to repay the money, he claimed he had given $5,000 of it to a senior player. The money was finally repaid in March last year in $100 notes. Club chairman Roy Spagnolo told a recent board meeting he believed money he had lent Mr. Osborne may have been used to repay the amount. When confronted by Mr. Duncan at a board meeting recently, Mr. Spagnolo admitted Osborne still owed him money he later sent an email to directors saying having reflected on the matter and in the interest of probably he, probably he would not deal with Paul's future employment while Paul is personally indebted to me. Days later, he told the Herald that Mr. Osborne would be staying with the club. Mr. Duncan has since re- resigned, which is the bad thing for the Eels because Mr. Duncan is also the chairman of Pertec, which is the Eels' major sponsor, which has a contract that lasts another two seasons. So he said, the recent decisions of the board to go, go against all of my business principles, which place me in a position of no longer being able to meet my expectations and duties as a director, Mr. Duncan said of his recent resignation. So you'd assume in two years' time, if this situation hasn't been resolved satisfactorily, Pertec will take a walk, and the years will be looking for a new major sponsor. Yeah,
2: they're gonna they're gonna uh, be long gone.
1: Yeah. What,
2: yeah. What about that?
1: There's some seriously, <laughs> seriously, seriously, seriously serious allegations <laughs> in what? all that, and a lot of the stuff's not even allegation. I mean, it, it's like, fuck.
2: It, it, it's not hard to see. Why they can't put it together on the field? Yeah, I mean the rot starts at the top and yeah. filters down, you know. And <laughs> the fact,
0: fucking Jesus!
1: it's para paramount board they 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 they're probably dreaming. It. They'd they'd be begging to have just a couple of people having a bitch fight as the biggest problem they've got in the <laughs> board level. Like mean, because this is some serious fucking fraud. If it t- if it turns out to be true, it's unbelievable.
2: Was it ninety five grand final where he uh, was named in the side against all odds and later on a couple of tries with perfect offloads Osborne?
1: 94, I think, 94 it would have been. Yeah. Camera doggies. Fuck.
2: I wonder if he's, like, (laughs) running through the boardroom now just slipping, like, you know, brown paper bags (laughs) of money around the corner to, like, players. And (laughs) and then, you know, taking sweet offloads of, you know, unmarked notes and blank checks from God knows who. Yeah. What a sordid little club these eels are, eh?
1: Oh, well what a sordid little Allegedly. chief they've got. I mean, unbelievable. And
2: a former police officer himself, I might add.
1: And, I mean the politician part, I mean, you know, we can call them you know crooks and, and liars. Yeah, I don't like, think he's I mean, alone
2: in that side of things, but But my God. <laughs> you would think a man that's um been that was a police officer would probably be trained to be uh to exhibit some sort of integrity and
1: Yeah, and with all and this honor. stuff yeah, and with and with issues issues uh that occurred uh, well before he came on board at the Yields. You'd think, you know, didn't they not do any reference checks or, or background checks on what he'd done before they put, gave him the keys to the kingdom?
2: Well, they did sign Jared Hayne to a five-year deal worth, yeah. you know, 600 grand a year.
1: Threw a lot of cash at, uh, at, uh, at Sando too, although, I mean, that's the player they talk about would be someone who was... It makes it sound like someone who was paid a lot of money to be lured to the club, but not, you know, but like a couple of years ago. So who would that be? Trying to think, Carl Webb. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, hey, how many years ago?
1: Didn't, didn't say. Just I think it said something about recent. Let me go back through here. Um, player, player, a lucrative deal to join the club in recent years. Doesn't even say. I mean, that doesn't even imply that he's actually playing with the club. Yeah. Anyway,
2: it's Manutahu.
1: <laughs> it could be, but when he offered lucrative stuff. He was kind of. Bit of a last chance, like you know, dead in the water, wasn't he? Yeah,
2: maybe um, didn't call Osborne a black. Oh, seat.
1: but then again, it was he, he did leave the union to yeah to come, so, geez, So Jesus could have been, hey, who
2: knows? Interesting. I mean, we're all speculating here, of course, and yeah. we don't have access to any of the facts, and doesn't any, look any, like anyone deeply involved in the story has access to too many facts either. But... No, but only two, oh my god, wow. well, And
1: and on the other and the other the other the flip side, when you talk about the manly board, uh David Perry's come out. Uh, this week and laid out his his uh, his master plan for the future of the club, which is all brilliant stuff. And I hope it shut you know gets a lot of people to shut the fuck up because, I mean, he had a lot of shit flung his way. Even though he's only been there for two minutes, two minutes mm. flat, he wasn't he wasn't instrumental in the removal. You know, he didn't do it. You know, Desi left for reasons of his own. That I mean, if Perry if Perry um, would have been the Zorba thing, but once again, that Zorba thing. I mean, that that day was coming. I mean, you know, they've had forty years to get him out. um He's had a good run. Um and then you know, then they've had like, you know, great re signings as well. Like George Rose re-signed today for uh for two years. T Rex T Rex another two years. Uh and last week Jamie Bure added another three years
2: on. Well Parramatta's had their quality signings too, Nathan. Paul Fatalero, Chris Walker, Carl Webb, Chris yeah, Higgs. Maguire. Casey Maguire.
1: Hopper in a couple of years if he comes back. Jesus. Um Sando for like 550000 Maybe, a year.
2: Maybe Osborne signed all these old blokes so he could borrow money off them and they're that old, they'll forget. Runs away with the cash. Maybe. Never know. Good plan. <laughs> it's a great plan.
1: He's a master criminal, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Wales reveal their four-nation squad. The Welsh coach has included six Australian-based players. And three new caps in his 24-man squad named on Tuesday for the Four Nations man, series. Sorry? sorry. How many man squad? A uh, 24-man squad. Why? Did, <laughs>
2: I'm just wondering if they've had to name how many Australian-based players.
1: Six Australian-based players.
2: So there's 18 rugby league players in Wales. Yeah, or and surrounding uh, areas. And then
1: you've got a couple of those that are, you know, uh, like uh, Gareth Thomas, who is you know the Welsh Rugby Union captain, and he's 37 years of age. He's in the side. Um, I'd assume he'd be captaining the side but I don't have the, that in front of me Um, but how about these Australian born players Um, we've got Peter Lupton of
2: course we do And uh, household name
1: and we've got the Australian based, Lupton household the Australian based duo of Matt Seamark and Tyson Frizzell they're set to make their debuts Uh, Seamark you would have heard of him because he plays for Winner Manly in Brisbane
2: yeah I mean it's a it's, a, uh, it's long known as a nursery for yeah. Welsh rugby league players well, they, 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 I guess they did win... Just pre- off the coast of Wales. <laughs>
1: they did win the premiership, I guess, in the QRL yeah. this year. And uh, Frizzell, he's 20, and he's from the Sharks. And uh, they're, they're there um, through the fact that they have uh, Welsh-born fathers. Uh, and the other play- the other four Australian-based players are Chris Beasley. Stop, well, stop me when you've heard of one of these guys. Mm-hmm. Chris Beasley, Neil Budworth, Mark Lennon, and Ian Webster. Webster had that t-
2: TV show, didn't he?
1: No, no, he's not a little little dude. Oh. That's, that was nah, Preston. Well, I haven't heard it That any was of Preston then. Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, and I don't, I don't have it in front of me who they play for, but I know that two of those guys play for the uh, the Central Coast Comets and uh, the Central Queensland Comets, and uh, somewhat, Cutters. another guy plays for Mackay Cutters, and who's, who's the other guy? The other guy plays with like the Thrill Butchers or something.
2: Oh really? <laughs> Instead of a local Welsh team
1: I'm surprised I mean they're picking they're picking such you know play, such obscure players and um at such reasonably low levels of play that you know I I don't know how they didn't you know just give you know Tim Smith a visa or you know so Adam Cuthbertson
2: yeah, they've got some sort of standards <laughs> clearly uh, how much are they going to get fucked up by in the Four Nations
1: I dare say they're going to be s- s- annihilated s- by considering their water.
2: rugby union team finished uh, a game out of the semi-final yeah um And lost, fucking to a team that kicked three penalty goals. Yeah, penalty kickers anonymous. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. How much support are they going to have?
1: Well, I mean, it's over there, so I mean, they should have a lot of support. I mean, but I don't think. Yeah,
2: but they won't have the support of the English people. They fucking hate the Welsh.
1: Well, no, but I mean, you know, Wales is a short drive. I mean, you just drive over the border. It's not far. I mean, it's it's a small country overall. You know, the whole Mm. you know Great Britain is small.
2: Interesting. I, I'm interested to see how much support they get, and because uh, will they play at games at um, yeah? Millennium there's Day?
1: no doubt, no doubt about it. They'd play. They'd have to play a game. Well, given the fact that it's a, it's a four nation as well, and one of the host nations is that close, they'd have to be.
2: I wonder how much support they're going to get. What their crowds are going to be like. I hope it's not embarrassing for them. Yeah, I wonder if
1: they're going to get pumped more than uh, PNG did. I mean, P&G came over with, um, I wouldn't say great expectations, but they certainly got s- smashed by more than people thought they would. They expect Really? Them to be, yeah, they expect them to be more competitive stuck this time they with England. Around. England. <laughs> it's fucking England. Well, will Wales <laughs> stick with
2: England?
1: Maybe they'll get up just because of the neighbor. the neighbor. you know, that, that might be the game they live for, but I expect Australia and New Zealand to absolutely thump the ever-loving shit out of them. Mm. Literally put, like, you know, 70 points on them, plus. No, doubt. No, that'll read about
2: another article from Brendan Cannon.
1: It will. It will. Great. And uh, as I said last time.
2: Don't say it. <laughs> You're not going to say it again. <laughs> Look, oh. I I hope for the sake of the international game that that you know they've <laughs>
0: got. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's all I'm saying, Brendan. You okay. know what I'm talking about.
2: As I was saying, for the sake of international rugby league, I hope they don't get thumped by too much. I hope they at at the very least moderately competitive, <laughs> and um. And their players, you know, pull on the jersey and play with a bit of pride and, and hook in, so...
1: Speaking of Thump, did you see... Uh, I saw the score. An international played uh, through the week. Uh, Lebanon versus Serbia, I believe. Mm. It was about 92-6. to six. Lebanon smashed the shit
2: out of
0: them.
1: 92-6. So, um...
2: A little bit of work to do in Serbia.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Because Le- Lebanon, you'd expect them to cop a bit of a beating from, you know, one of the top-level sides as well.
2: Oh, I'll- I think Lebanon might be... Uh, they'd probably struggle to get within 60 of Australia. Yeah. And if they can beat Serbia by Like 80. 80 yeah.
0: Fucking Jesus.
1: No, hopefully they won't... They won't i very in good math, in that the math, but that adds up to a fucking
0: shellacking <laughs> in anyone's language.
1: And we're going to see some of this going on a bit because uh, qualifications and that sort of... And, you know, warm-ups and things like that for the World Cup are starting to happen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see more of those sorts of games. Finally just want to salute uh, a legend of the game Keith Holman who uh, died on uh, about a week ago now the great uh, magpie record. the great magpie uh, I know you got some love there for him uh, he achieved a rare trifecta of being a player and a referee at international level as well as a first grade coach He represented Australia as a halfback in 32 tests, played exactly 200 first-grade games for Western Suburbs, coached the Magpies in 1977, won the midweek Amco Cup, and refereed two international matches in 1972. He played his last game, the 1961 Grand Final between Western Suburbs and St. George, they say probably at age 36, because he was an orphan, and so his age was never certain. Yeah. And only two weeks ago, his wife Hazel found records which suggested that Keith was uh, two years older than previously believed. Wow. So he's uh, a bit like that guy from Papua New Guinea with the people who know, oh, yeah. I was just Stanley Gene. They don't know actually how old he is.
2: Yeah, he actually played against Wally Lewis.
1: Yeah. Uh, no wonder he won all those 14-year-old sprint races he used to boast about, one of his former teammates said. <laughs> New South Wales Rugby League records side his birth year is 1927, but it's now believed to be 1925. Certainly young enough for him to enlist in the RAAF during World War II. Holman was the only rugby league player to have a junior club named after him, with the enfield Bay's Holman Club being a proud member of the Western Suburbs Junior League. Wow. So. Uh,
2: great man, great magpie. Yep. Um, I remember as a kid going to Oval and uh, a little bit... As I got a little bit older, out to Cameltown or Rana Park, it was, as it was known then. Uh, and my old man obviously had a bit to do with the Western Suburbs Club, played lower grades, had some friends in and around the club for for a lot of years and was uh, good mates, used to drink a fair bit with Herbie Smales, who was a long-time trainer of the Magpies, um, really good strapper back in the day. And he worked that Magic Sponge like nobody's business, old Herbie. And I remember... we. You know, used to get access to the sheds every now and again, uh, back when you know such luminaries like John Bilberger, Rod Petherbridge, Trevor Cogger, those sorts of guys were running around for the magpies, and I used to sit in the in the sheds there getting autographs and photos and stuff like that. I still have photos of me as a very young child with Rod Petherbridge and John Bilberger, I have to get, dig them up, but while I was there, uh, you know, in awe of my heroes that ran around for the magpies dad was there chatting with keithy holman who was one of his heroes so um they often used to bump into one another and um in and around just dad always had a uh a pub at auburn the melton hotel there on pamata road and um i remember a few times he, he bumped into keith holman in and around maybe lidcombe those sorts of areas and you know they'd stop and have a bit of a chat and just say hello and, yeah, so it's it was nice to, you know, he always held him in extremely high regard and for the years that he played for the Magpies and the years that he used to go out and watch him play. So, um, sad loss, sad loss for the club. And it was nice to see the Tigers, um, you know, mark his passing. And, and you know, I put out a tweet at the same time. That was the first thing I thought of, was sitting there in the, in the sheds with all the players, sort of, couldn't believe, you know, that I was lucky enough to be in there, and Dad's there in awe of his hero, yeah. you know. So, you know, really nice, nice moments. So, uh, look, anyone that pulls on the on the Magpies or the Tigers jersey's got a special place in my heart. And, um, you know, he, back in the in the years when, you know, men were men, <laughs> he wasn't wasn't the biggest bloke by any stretch on the field, and and showed always showed a lot of heart, as epitomised the Magpies club for, for so many years. So. Um, he'll be sorely missed by his family no doubt and he's a great magpie legend
1: what a good innings he had yeah definitely <laughs> fucking epic
2: hope I live that long just to annoy you
1: <laughs> I don't want to wish death on anybody yeah, you imagine
2: we move about 95 this week in league got <sighs> well,
1: there's two dudes up in the balcony um, in the Muppet show
2: it's Statler and Wardoff
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> sitting in like a, a VIP corporate box at the, at the football you stink <laughs>
2: remember that time when Manly won the competition
1: last year two Ten years, be- years before, before that
2: two years before they folded <laughs> two years before they merged with Cronulla
1: <laughs> that'll never happen however but <laughs> if we live to be 90 I guarantee you will see the day where we get like the, the St. Choke Merger Warra st- you know, Steel Dragon Sharks really? yeah
2: what about the Cronulla Warringah Sea Sharks?
1: Not going to happen because I mean they're just too geographically separated. Sea Sharkles. I'm I am absolutely positive that in our lifetime we'll see, we will see that uh, the sharks assimilated into the dragons. You think? Yeah. that will be a sad. I'm day. sure. It, sad day for who? I mean, Sharkings <laughs> fans. Yeah, I was going to say good Sharkings fans could go and look at a, a trophy cabinet that had like one thing in it or two things. <laughs> Well, I guess not because they're a new merged entity. So maybe the maybe the never winning thing will just carry over onto that one too. Oh, how sad would that to be? Dragons fans would be sad, then, wouldn't they? Okay, time for the hits and misses segment of the show. Uh, we brought this in at the end of last season, where we basically revisited our. Predictions that we made in the very first episode of the show this year, we'll be revisiting the predictions that we made in the first episode of this season, where we kind of um, predicted where teams would finish on the ladder and uh, other bits and pieces some <laughs> along the way.
2: Fucking hilarious flops,
1: yep. Yeah, but I mean, some, some genius moments, there's going to be some epic genius in there because, quite frankly, you can just kind of fluke it. And uh, I think it's to me, uh, but I'm pretty sure that. Uh, a couple of my confident predictions came up this year oh a couple of yours right because okay. okay. I'm I'm pretty sure that I confidently predicted Manly to win the premiership this year and I think I even said as well, so far as to say they wouldn't win the minor premiership but they win the premiership and I was very confident and I'm pretty sure I had some choice things to say about Daly Cherry Evans as well but uh on the flip side I'm pretty sure you had some choice things to say about the West Tigers <laughs> I wonder how they turned out anyway um, let's find out the way we went the way we went into it um, at the start of the season was we went in reverse order of the sides uh, the the way they finished in 2009 yeah. and then to predict for the 2010 team and so we did and so when we made our predictions this year we did the same thing we, I think we went from the bottom to the top and then made our predictions from there so uh First team, uh, well, obviously the Spooners of last season, Melbourne Storm, with the predictions, and here we go.
2: I think this is going to be such a close competition this year that it's only going to be you know, maybe four or six points that you know, has you running second last or seventh or eighth. And I just don't know that those guys are going to be able to drag them. For, for all those games plus those extra few games you're going to yep. have to win to get into the eight With without much help around them. So, yep. um, you know, it is going to be a tough year this year. It's going to be close to what we've experienced ever, I think. And, and that's why I just don't see making much noise this year. I think, this, I actually, I, I don't think they'll come second last. I think the Storm will be,
1: uh probably if if I draw a correlation between a team from last year, I think they'll probably be the, the Broncos of last year. <laughs> correlation between the Broncos of, of
2: last year I think they would probably be sort of 9th 10th okay. so <laughs> I think I was pretty close to the mark I mean Melbourne well, didn't really make that much noise they just quietly went about their <laughs> business dominating the fucking competition for most of the year
1: I would have gone all right. I would have been, It would have been 100% ticks there for me if I didn't put a number on them. <laughs> I, mean, cause I would have ended up saying ninth or 10th. Um, if I just had a said, oh, yeah, then, no, they're going to be improving, blah, 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 then it would have been all good. Yeah, but. if you want to take a
2: soft option, you want to put yourself out there so you look like but, an absolute genius. And, uh, or, like I do in this case, a or, dickhead.
1: Or both of us. Both of us would look like dickheads, okay? Uh, but, you know, it's a storm. Like,
2: they proved but, us wrong. They had a great season and showed that... Um, you know, a great coach and three superstars is going to get you over the line.
1: I liked your prediction about the closeness of the competition as well. that would be the closest competition of all time and, um, yeah, not much. Yeah, so I really much.
2: thought, uh, <laughs> I didn't, I, I thought that obviously some teams would take a leap and some teams would, would be on a bit of a slide, but I think some teams took massive leaps and other teams took huge slides and that led to a bit of a chasm yep, yep. Uh, for the teams at the bottom of the ladder.
1: Okay, the next team on the list is the North Queensland Cowboys.
2: Uh, Dallas Johnson comes in and, and shores up some of their wafer defence that they, they had last year. And he's a great
1: bo- he's a great buy for them that isn't injured.
2: I think with Bowen, Thurston and Payne there, and obviously Matthew Scott, uh, he's going to make some even further strides than what he took last year. Where have you got him finishing? i got him finishing around 10th. Mm nowhere near 10th I reckon they're going to be third last 14th.
1: Yep. okay so um you did have a good comment there about Matt Scott uh lifting yeah you quickly continuing, went about yeah, continuing becoming
2: the his... premier prop in the game so yeah
1: um <laughs> however we pretty much we're both dead set wrong um <laughs> Let's not even get into who was closer because we both had them down, yeah, down in the lower If we're both a mile off, we're both a mile off. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, next team on the ladder was the Sharkies.
2: I think the Sharks are actually going to actually win their share of games. I think it's going to lead to a 13th place. I still reckon they come last. I mean, just,
0: I'd, I
1: would base that on, you know, they bought some players, but no
2: one amazing. I mean, they all well, they got they got Smith, Jeremy Smith. He brings a bit of a winning culture mm. to the club. Wherever he's gone, whether illegitimately or otherwise, he's been a winner.
1: And then you have got your guys like Colin Best and John Williams, Albert Kelly, <laughs> who who are so entrenched in losing culture. You may
2: you may laugh me <laughs> laugh me down here, but okay. I think Albert Kelly is is a big key to their season if he gets an upset centre. I think. The further away from the number one jumper he is, further be away
1: best. he is from taking bombs. Yeah, the better he'll be. You don't
2: want him catching any high balls, but I tell you, he's Let's not forget Toyota Cup for Para. He carved up. Yeah. He was untouchable. Yeah. Hasn't quite made the leap yet, but he has played a little bit off the bench. Played a little bit of one. He needs to be in the seven spot, and he needs <coughs> to. Oh, well, I'm guessing Paul Aton's going to get the run at hooker. <coughs>
0: um, predominantly. That's so was
1: funny. You were talking about the Sharks being like big improvers of the competition, but you also said 13th place. Because I, was, I, I
2: had this big uh, close competition in my mind that uh, did, never eventuated. But, but uh, sp- I did pick him for 13th. Spot on. That's a direct hit.
1: It's a direct hit.
2: Unlucky 13 Sharkies.
1: Yeah. Not, not so not so lucky with your, with your assessments of uh, Albert Kelly and Paul Aton's first grade prospects. I've well, long
2: been a bit of a fan of Paul Aton, but uh, obviously... Shane Flanagan prefers Johnny Morris at hooker for God knows why, but um, <laughs> yeah, I was wrong on both counts there, wasn't I? All
1: right, and the next team is uh, the Doggies.
2: Most Other people. Team.
1: Most mm-hmm. saying, team. Yeah, I mean, people have short memories. I mean, they were great in 2009. Yeah. With essentially the same side, they plummeted in 2010. And now everyone's uh, picking the doggies to rise again. Do you agree with the prevailing sentiment that the doggies... Will I be agree. I prevers? think they'll finish third. Mm.
2: I just... I really think that they're, they're... Trent Hodkinson had a pretty good year last year. Mm. First, first, first grade Kicked a
1: couple of field goals against the rabbi, otherwise did nothing. I think a- Aiden Tolman will go on and
2: be better than Ben Hannon anyway. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, they've lost a fair bit of experience, so I don't expect the dogs to be great straight out of the gates. Yeah. Um, which is good because the do- uh, Tigers play them first up. But <laughs> I think you know, come about six or eight weeks into the competition, um, I think they'll really start to hit their stride. Their combinations will come on, and that's when their forwards will really start to, to, to have a serious effect on this season and you know, I think they'll finish up really well. So you've got the dogs finishing third, third place. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely make a return to the finals. No doubt about it. I don't think they'll be top four though. Okay. So, as far as positions are concerned, both wrong. Yeah, um, I was
2: way off. Dogs uh, didn't uh, didn't take that leap I expected them to.
1: When I said, <laughs> I, I almost dug myself out when I said, oh yeah, they definitely won't be top four. But I did say that. Right on I, Tolman. Though. I was right on Hayden Tolman. It's true, and I was right on Trent Hodgkinson. <laughs>
2: I wasn't right about him. Uh, being slow out of the blocks and coming home strong. No, they did they, beat the Tigers because the they kind of won their
1: first couple of games, didn't they? And then yeah. the ass fell out, and then they then they went through a massive losing streak, which uh, obviously culminated in the loss of their coach. So um, they certainly did come out of the blocks, and unfortunately for you, I mean, the only reason you said they wouldn't come out of the blocks fast is because they're playing Tigers. I thought the, the Tigers were going to win the
2: combine <clears> to Yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, well, you know, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next team up on the chopping block is the Parramatta Eels.
2: And we saw last year that it was the, their main game plan was throw it to Jared. Yep. And if they don't, I mean, that might not be their game plan this
0: year.
1: Maybe, maybe Carney can coach.
2: And neither's Parramatta. I think a, they're
1: going to finish eleventh. Eleventh. And so what? So they finished last. Season. Let me just check. They finished 12th. So you're actually talking about them improving one position.
2: Oh, I'm. I'm thinking other play, other teams are going to get. Sh- you know more shit than they were last year.
0: Yeah, I think
2: that um, the
1: Eels are going to finish, yeah, the same twelfth, or you know they could even duck down to thirteenth. So, bit of mixed bag there. Uh, so yeah, we certainly
2: didn't pre- predict the uh, death of Nathan Hindmarsh for five weeks in a row.
1: No, no, we didn't predict that. We did predict the, uh, let's say, their the, the ability of their coaching staff. Yeah, the best uh, player. Did predict the. Uh, well, it was kind of the opposite. I mean. Didn't expect their sole game plan to be Chucker to Jarrett again, but it was. Um, what else? Oh, I was pretty close on the final. What was their final? Were they 15th or 14th? Uh, they were at Spoonapalooza, but I can't remember if Canberra dropped underneath them after they won Spoonapalooza.
2: You know, you really should have the uh, ladder.
1: I should. I should. But in any case, they weren't 13th, which is what I predicted them to be, or 12th or 13th. That's right. And uh, you predicted them to be uh, just missing out on the 8th, I think. Or well, 11th. 11th was it. So. Uh, we did predict Was them. It? we did predict them to suck. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and in any in, in any case that will do. Next up we have the Newcastle Knights. Oh. how do you see the Knights? What have they done in the off season? Well, they still got the Uarte
2: They still do have one hell of a Uarte parte. Big signing for them I feel is uh... Bo Henry and, uh, from the lower grades at the Dragons to Cup. Where have you got the Knights
1: finishing the first thing? I mean, well, they were 12th last year, so where do you have them this year? 16th. Mm-hmm. Spoon. I think
2: they're getting a the spoon.
1: Wow. Based on?
2: Based on nothing positive is going to come from this tinkler thing mm-hmm. tinkler after this season. Yeah, but. Even I'm, if he buys the yeah. club now. Yeah. He's not going to be able to start signing a bunch of players to help him this year. There's every chance that, you know, I'm going to have egg on my face with. 90% of my prediction
1: Knights to miss the 8 for mine but yeah, definitely that, missing the 8 for mine well yeah you have got him down as a spoon remember what happened when you tipped a team for the spoon last year Oh, well, someone's got to get the spoon finished about 4th or 5th in <laughs> the minor premiership so um, where did he start about the Newcastle Pucking Knights Bo Henry, Bo Henry highlight
2: of his season was being donkey kicked in the face by Paul Gallon playing for another club <laughs> after
1: he'd been donkey kicked up to the Titans <laughs> yeah. um Iwate Pate though well you know he was there and he did have a standout season so uh, that, that was true um tinkle thing you did say that nothing good was going to come out of the tinkle situation in the, the last season but I actually think well you know they they all you know history will show they you know they finished in the eighth they scraped into eighth um long way from the spoon long way from the spoon <laughs> as the Warriors the year before <laughs> um you get it's a kiss of life essentially. yeah exactly um Every year, as long as you say... So, just to just say, man, you're going to get the spoon every year. I'd be very happy for it. And they continue the streak of never getting it. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> it's becoming a bit of a recurring theme for for this episode. But once again, we're pretty much, uh, <laughs> we're pretty much wrong on everything. <laughs> Next up is the Brisbane Broncos. I'm pretty sure we're dead on with our predictions of this team.
2: I think they'll get by on, on the talent of, obviously... Lockie, Lockie's leadership for starters, yep. and the talent of guys like McCulloch, um, Josh, Josh Hoffman, massive year for him. Yep. Um, he was awesome last year. He's had great trial form. Yeah, um, yeah, he always seems to deliver. When it comes down to it, there's going to be a point of the season for, you know, five or six games where they're going to have to rely on Peter Wallace. And like that's that's never worked out for anybody. So I've got the Broncos finishing ninth. Out of the out of the eight, yeah, out, of the eight. out
0: of the eight as well.
1: But you know, Broncos being Broncos, they could shock both of us. Well, we actually started off really well there. I mean, there was a massive streak in that oh, first segment there, where, where you just like there's nailing every player, and I sort of chipped in the chipped in the alley oop with the, <laughs> <laughs> for yeah at the end. Um, Peter Wallace bang on, and you know, as as seen in their in their semi-final with uh, no Lockie and. Uh, Wallace had to carry the weight to the side. We saw what happened there. Um, the only place we really Great season out, for the Broncos. Totally was a great pre- season.
2: proved this wrong. With all the turmoil and everything that went on, I wasn't holding great hopes for them. As I, as
1: I predicted in a genius manner, I predicted that they could shock us.
2: Oh, <laughs> and they did. <laughs> you are kidding.
1: Next up on the chopping block is The Rabbits.
2: I think the Rabbitohs will make the eight. I think it'll be in the bottom half of the eight, I think so too
1: We had a lot of footage to cut down about the Rabbitohs because we spent the most we spent the majority of the time
2: slagging off their hearts and, <laughs> and yeah discussing so, the size of the burgess family's heads
1: exactly and, and the fact that they look like uh, footballs turned on their sides or watermelons they look like a watermelon patch. the whole Burgess family. The other thing was <laughs> you mentioned uh that we. That were uh, that the South had signed another pasty Burgess brother. In fact, even that was wrong because then they had the mid-season signing of another yeah. pasty Burgess brother um, to take their tally to three. And, As uh, it turned
2: out, they didn't make the eight.
1: They didn't make the eight. We're dead. <laughs> we're dead. We're dead. Right. Um, dead no, more. no, we no. We were <laughs> wrong, weren't we? Fuck.
0: We have, no, no, no I'm not gonna cut it
1: out. <laughs> <No>. We can not <laughs> only just listen to it, and uh, yeah, we are. Oh, Fucking, how wrong have we been? I mean, we barely got about four dings, I reckon, in this entire thing. So, well, so Nathan, episode.
2: if one, there's an old saying in rugby league that the hosts of the number one rugby league podcast on the planet <laughs> know nothing about rugby league, <laughs>
1: as as evidenced by all this. Uh, next team uh, is uh the legends. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: pretty sure there's going, to be, there's going to be a ding-a-thong here from me.
2: Now, last time they had a what uh, have you got? Queensland Cup Player of the Year running around in halfback for them, um, you did dub him the revelation of the 2010 overall season then quite dramatically turned on him.
1: Well, he did. He, was, he started off in, uh, in revelatory form.
2: They so went from Hodkinson to Dodkinson. Exactly. What's Daly going to go to? Chariot popped. Bailey, Bailey's locked up for three years. He's not. Gonna, he's not going anywhere. Um, and tyre on a rope. And yeah, and that could be the answer to their prayers. This that season. is the
1: answer, That is one of the things. I was... <laughs> that was one of my points. Be so, like
2: chariots of fucking fire. Yeah, that I mean, tyre around their and, rope. They've got some. They've got too many classy players to not make the eight. I think they'll they'll finish eight. And mm. I think they'll make a, a good fist of the final series. I don't think they'll get blasted out like last year, but. I think once you get you through George and null of, uh, Georgie Rose and, and null of our off your bench, I think you, it's slim pickings. So what do you reckon they'll finish? In the eight, and quite frankly, as everything I've mean, everything i just said there, it points
1: to a better finish. I mean, the fact they finished eight, I mean, it was almost deceptive as well. I mean, given the injuries and suspension, which, I mean, teams have to go through that shit, so that's nothing not a big thing. They had the game that was thrown against uh, Parramatta, plus, you know, by the referees, but plus they had a lot of, they had like another four to five games that they should have won they had match winning leads then they yeah, lost and I mean them, yeah. throw, throw 8 to 10 points on their table and you're not even talking about them barely scraping in. I mean they're more yeah. like challenging for the minor premiership so I think, that they'll, I think that they'll be better I mean for sure I mean there's no reason they can't do top 4 but I mean that's probably the optimistic end of things but they're definitely going to be in the uh, definitely in the 8
2: yeah, I think they'll finish 8th again um, but I think they're one of those teams that no one will want to play in the finals
1: I think Cherry's probably a naturally more talented player than Hodkinson is. He's, he's certainly faster, he's a little more dynamic. So despite you being you... and <laughs> <I'm> Wrong. <laughs> you actually, well, not, not wrong, but just like, you know, with a vested interest in seeing Manly lose, um, you actually weren't too far off on your predictions. Um, no. You did predict them to finish eighth. Well, if
2: I'm, if I'm nothing else, Nathan, I'm a rugby league genius. And, uh, I mean, it's quite <laughs> obvious by most of my comments tonight that... Uh, that I'm oh, fucking nothing, nothing even like that.
1: I have to say, I I was pretty much one hundred percent right in everything I said.
2: <laughs> oh, you said like probably top four was the optimistic side. They to run second, yeah. The yeah. Challenge for the mining premiership so, all the so, way up to the second last. So round, they are so. uh,
1: they uh they fulfilled my optimistic uh prediction.
2: All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Look, they had a great season, and uh, they probably they certainly weren't anyone's favourites for the title other than yourself and. And the other manly enoughies uh, prior to the season, they proved everyone wrong and ran away with the trophy. And now you can all shut up. At a canter,
1: did it easy in the end. Made it look easy. And that leads us to the uh, Canberra Raiders. I've forgotten they'd finished so high the previous season. Given this the season, interesting. this is going to be magnificent in its in its absolute inaccuracy.
2: <laughs> I think Orford's a key signing, but I think all they really Need him for is is a bit of leadership. I think, I think that's have got like, enough. They'll get enough from. That's Dugan. all they can expect out of him. I think. Yeah. I mean, like I love Ox, and I'll you know, and I'll
1: he'll always have a place in my heart for what he did in two thousand eight. Yeah. But fucking, he's part. He's past.
2: I think they're going to have a good year, and I think they'll finish fifth. <laughs> fifth sounds good to me. Um
1: Definitely, yeah. Sort of. I uh, it's, it's, it's a, <laughs> the top of the lower half of the
0: <laughs> avenue, outside,
1: outside the outside the four. <laughs> I'm inclined to put that last one down as a as a as a ding as a win for me. Canberra Raiders also, outside outside the top four. Yeah. <laughs> I did still... also
2: spent a fair bit of time wrapping up Josh Dugan, and he certainly yeah. did show his flashes, but with his injuries etc. This season, he wasn't uh, didn't really have the opportunity to to put his best foot forward for the whole season to to continue on his form from the All Star game, which we'd raved about. Plus, and all the rep signing, he I don't want to shoot myself in the face over but that. But we didn't expect we
1: didn't expect Dugan to be such a tampon as well. Though. I mean, remember when he didn't play yeah, because he, yeah, remember yeah. he didn't play cause he had a boil or something. And yeah, like you know, but you know, he, he did play very well at the um at all the rep games. He played, um, but yeah, he certainly didn't have the season the the way that we predicted. But you know, injury had a lot to do with that. Uh, so I'm not going to mark him too harshly. And uh, <laughs> I'd like to say I was <laughs> I can't believe. I was the one that was correct about Orford.
2: (laughs) Well, you did have past experience of him, so...
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Obviously, I was was still a bit bitter, obviously, from the the end of 2009, but, um, yeah, and GZ turned out to be an absolute ridiculous worst signing of the year.
2: Wallowing for South Logan... And that's including... phantom back injury.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, just to call him the worst signing of the year in a year where someone signed Carl Webb is a mighty achievement.
2: For a, for a team to sign Carl Webb, Chris Hicks, Chris Walker, Paul Fadawira, Casey Maguire and Rennie Matua, yeah. and none of those guys turned out to be the worst buy of the year, <laughs> that's saying something for Canberra's recruitment.
1: <laughs> for sure. Oh, well, yeah. Nothing even, good. If you, and you've got to you know, speak about, you know, like, your mate Arana. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he was a pretty ordinary signing for the Panthers, too. Dr. Tamata. <laughs> Dr. Tamata. Next, we have our predictions for the Chookies. I imagine that these are going to be well wrong as well. The Roosters, do you think
2: that they are going to decline? I think they're top four. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're definitely one of the top four sides of the mm-hmm. the in the competition. Probably a best-half combination in the comp with Carney and Pearce. Mm-hmm. The only thing that might step, step them back a pace or so is, is Brian Smith's second year's are never really that flash.
1: Yeah, I've just got this feeling about the Roosters. I mean like on oh, you know, on paper they haven't really changed. No. I mean they're you know pretty much exactly the same as they were. But They just, bought
2: Mark Riddell obviously yeah, back from England and no. Anthony Watts, both both hookers. I think they got both, Riddell late in the base after both Watts whom, hurt himself.
1: But. Yeah, both of whom aren't gonna crack first grade this week. No. I um, oh, just there's just something about the Roosters that says to me that they're not gonna go as well.
2: I just worry about Brian Smith. Inevitably wherever he's coached, there's always been that breaking point. Yeah. Um and, you know, whether the honeymoon lasts was a season or so will, is you know, will be the proof will be in the pudding, I guess. But yeah, there's I, can't, I can't explain to, why I got the feeling,
1: but I just yeah. got this feeling about him that it's just not gonna be as good.
2: Exactly. But I think there's enough class there, um, to have him I don't think they'll win the comp, but I think they'll make the top four.
0: Mm. <laughs> so
1: let's get this straight. I said I had a feeling about them not being as good and declining, you said I agree with you, and then you said that they would finish in the top 4, which is ahead of where they finished in 5th last season or 6th last right season. That's right up
2: there with my prediction from last season, where I said Canberra would be the big improvers from 13th <laughs> to 12th, oh, why do I talk, why yeah. can't I just be a deaf mute and I mean want no uh, ridicule me
1: I know you I, uh, you must have gained some sort of respect from them in that epic hundred minute game from the the finals of two thousand and ten because you're talking about the you know the, the best halves in the competition with you know, <laughs> with Carney and Pearson. well i mean they
2: had the reigning dally m winner and also a guy that was slated to 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 be the origin halfback yep. this season i mean without all the, the stuff that went on with carney i I don't know that those predictions might have been too far off the mark, but truth be told, the Roosters had a wafer season, uh, on the back of some injuries and, and all the carney bullshit, so
1: or here was I it am the, with uh, was some it bro- poached egg. Was it was it uh Brian Smith, the Brian Smith factor as we both uh predicted? Well <laughs> I'd like to put it down to that because that's yeah. what we said would happen. Okay, another thing. <laughs> Next to the team that <laughs> was your pick for the wooden spoon last year. This yeah. year you didn't make that same mistake, but let's see what we did predict for the Warriors. I wasn't
2: game to pick them for the spoon this year. <laughs> no. And I think they will have a good year. I I feel they'll finish about sixth.
1: So, bang on. Bang on. A hundred percent. Um, and the rest of what we said there was I think we we're banging on about Filthy Mateo and uh, and Captain Snooze.
2: It turns out that Filthy Matteo was uh, one of their one of their best players all year, and and. One thing we didn't account for was the the coming of age of Sean Johnson at the back end of the season and Maloney becoming an, a, a Malona, pure gun. I mean, he Malona, sort of Malona. Malona.
1: yeah. Well, he did. He did have some. He did show some signs last season, but this season, I mean, he was twice he was, the player this year. Twice the player, twice. and Johnson emerged from absolutely nowhere. Yeah, um, he Kevin plays, Watt, like, to come on a long yeah, way as yeah. well, and even not so much towards the end of the season, but I mean, you had like Lewis Brown kind of went from sort of nothing to representing his country yep. so um, yeah good year to the Warriors um,
2: they finished grand finalists
1: finished grand finalists finished in uh, in 6th which you picked 100% so um, can't complain Knocked too much the there out,
2: so we're getting picked for the spoon again next year
1: did the world a favour next up is the Titans and I know for a fact that although there's not like 100% things coming up here there's some you have some very good calls. Well,
2: I think there's a, there's a couple of teams, one we're yet to get to, and, and then the Titans that are going to take big drops this year, and they're going to spiral quite dramatically. And again, it's a gut feeling. It's a bit like yourself with the Roosters. You
0: can't really put my finger on it. I, I can't really put my
2: it's... finger
1: on the Titans, though. I've I've got the feeling you think it's an age thing. I think it is. I think they've got too many of their their key players on the wrong side of um 30 years old.
2: Well,
1: I
0: think
2: so they're they're the eight. Eight. they can they certainly make the eight. I've got them out of the eight. I've got them wow. fishing down around 12th, to be honest. Wow. I think they're one injury away, and every team's going to have an injury during yep. the season. Yep. I think they're one injury away from being woeful.
0: Having you said know, that, you that you they do seem they,
1: they do seem to find, I mean, they do seem to find a couple of gems, though, as well. I mean, you look at, you know, especially like little guys. I mean, like Mead.
2: Oh, yeah, Gordon, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin these, Gordon. Yeah, yeah Kevin well.
1: Gordon. I mean, like those guys... I just think that overall perhaps a team in the decline and I mean Titans fans won't want to hear it and they'll, they'll actually probably smash us for it I'm sure, I'm I think sure that we'll hear about it I think they're I think they're on the downward trajectory and uh yeah so what do you say where, where do you have them finishing in the 8th? 12th wow okay well I don't know declining that much I think they'll still make the 8th but just half so first thing with my little guy call out we of nowhere, Shrama. Matty Shramer made he he made a he made a he made an Nostradamus out of me. Um, <laughs> Again, and you pull off the massive call on the slide. I mean, geez, if you if you had had the nuts to to call the spoon for them, yeah, you would have looked like the biggest genius of all time. <laughs> As it was, though, I mean, still look pretty good. Given you know, just just saying that they were going to be a massive decline and you know, sort of drop ten places on the ladder. Um,
2: Shocking season for them, really. It wasn't, it wasn't, and it really, wasn't really, as we mentioned there, it wasn't really an injury that cost him. In the, well, they did have their share, but yeah, unless like Scott Prince's,
1: those Prince's broken broken heart, yeah, you know, is is the injury because I mean he wasn't himself all year long. No, that's right. Um, except for that one, <laughs> unfortunately, that one game where he killed the Tigers. <laughs> yeah, he killed the Tigers. You know, thanks to thanks to old mates play the ball skills, <laughs> Peyton. <laughs> Next up we have, well, speak of the Devils. The Tigers. It's interesting. Uh, You're going to be 100% wrong, I'm sure. Without listening to it, I'm quite confident you pick A, a premiership victory, and B, a minor premiership. I'm sure of it. i will do that. And you probably say something about Lottie as well, about him being actually good. But we'll see. Let's listen. Okay, are you officially calling Lottie to be the revelation
2: of this season? I think Tim Moulton will be the revelation of the the season. Okay, you th- so you,
1: you okay? You're saying it right now. I just because I was it. just thinking while we're making predictions, I totally forgot about that. Tim Molson's a revelation, is he?
2: He's going to be yes.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Benji and Robert and Louis them? potentially might see out the season in jail. That's
0: anyway, the is. Tigers will win in the comp. <laughs> yeah, I <don't>
1: see it. <laughs> okay, so for you, Tigers to win. For yeah. me, they'll finish top four, and you know whatever what happens from there is you know in the hands of Manly. <laughs> so, well, Tim exp-
2: Moulton was the revelation of the 2011 off-season.
1: I, to- I totally forgot. Yeah, well, he's a revelation. He's sort of—he's certainly the headline, the headline maker of the off-season. Um, I'd forgotten you'd said that. That was—that was an outrageous call in, in hindsight. Oh,
2: I've got—I've got those in my game
1: outrageous I mean like Lottie I mean he kind of he did some stuff earlier in the season when, you know when you called him so it looked like for a time there that
2: I was going to be a genius yeah yeah
1: exactly just on the force of you wanting it to happen it was going to actually happen Bolton yeah. though Jesus not even close no. um, and yeah Tigers didn't win the comp of course uh, unfortunately it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't it wasn't at the pleasure of Manly that they knocked out oh. but I did call them top four and they did get in the top four didn't they they finished fourth was it fourth they finished or third fourth yeah fourth they finished fourth so um i got a tip right on the Tigers. Oh, and of course, I one about saying they wouldn't win.
2: Yeah. Ding, well, ding, ding. Pretty <laughs> sad, really. I'm still not over that whole loss to the Warriors, I've got to tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, if you if you... And get, when
2: you hear about my predictions and how confident I was, Jesus, it only makes it hurt more.
1: And if you get hung up on outrageous predictions, or you know, if you get hung up on the times that the Tigers lose in heartbreaking circumstances in finals games, I mean, shit three for three in the last game. Yeah. <laughs> three out of four games in the last
2: <laughs> I really should have done a better job when I tried to slash my wrist a few weeks ago
1: <laughs> <laughs> next on the chopping block as it were Penrith Panthers let's see if we predict the slide for them you know there's just that I mean they've got the attacking brilliance they defended well at times but there's just this underlying feeling of um, of just weakness like softness. Yeah, I, I think. I, I just, just the way, remember the, the I the, don't think the Raiders, Panthers have...
2: want it bad enough.
1: They're going to go through the season and they're going to
2: smash some teams with that attack. I don't know that they've got the. They're the not the team to grind out a, a no. tough one. They've they yeah, to. got the fortitude to get it, and I think that's going to cost them a place in the eight, and I think they'll slide by the end of the season, they'll slide somewhere down around 14th. i oh, say so you actually gave in the eight. Yeah. Definitely. Up. So you got third last? Yep.
1: Geez, controversial. Geez, Penrith and the Storm in your bottom three.
0: Yeah. Cowboys
1: and Cronulla. Yes. Above those two yes, sides. I am. You're putting Cronulla below the pan- above the Panthers. Sharky's time to shine, man. I start to doubt your sanity. <laughs> I mean, it's all well and good to say that Penrith are going to slide and they're going to finish third last, but then when you look at who you've got last and and second last, and Cronulla isn't one of the teams, and neither's the Cowboys. Singing, what the? They f-
2: can't be shit forever. <laughs>
0: They
1: can. <laughs> they. What's in their What's in their trophy cabinet?
2: That's fantastic.
0: <laughs> of
1: course, they can be shit forever. I'm sorry, Cronulla fans, but There's always... they're going to be shit forever. <laughs> Firstly, awesome pick there. You picked the Penrith slide. I did. um, they didn't quite slide as far as you thought. You had them down 14th, 14th and they 10th. end up finishing 12th, but still pretty good. Um, and I uh, I think I was uh, pretty solid on the sharks always being
2: shit. <laughs> 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 Just, we laid the slippers into the sharkies during the Penrith prediction.
1: <laughs> well remember we used to be known, like the show used to be known for like kicking the shit out of the sharkies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um we kinda of tailed off. I think uh, I think this season we kind of uh we didn't lay off them, but I think we certainly softened our, our harsh views. I think towards you them.
2: I think you went all soft after the Sharkman O five episode. Well <laughs> <I don't remember. laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> That was gold. I mean, that was the most fight the Sharks have put up in the entire history of the club. Um, yeah, they had pretty... and it was yeah, and it was short lived. Yeah, and it was short lived. And then just he like killed Andy. himself off. Yeah, exactly, exactly. As you know, a lot of sharks like guys, all good Sharks fans it. do. Just funny listening back to um, the predictions we made. We we're talking about you know the, installing the new development, the multi-million dollar development, putting like suicide booths into you know, yeah. so the fans could kill themselves. Um, but yeah, poor Sharkies. And we were talking about Sharkies still as Panthers. We're talking about now. Sharkies just crept their way in because you know because you expected the Sharks to be less shit than the Panthers. And yeah. I mean, they ended up finishing twelfth and thirteenth, so they're yeah. pretty much the same. But um, <laughs> although although the Panthers uh, were two wins ahead of the Sharkies though as well. But uh, yeah, tough Panthers, year for the pennies. Terrible year for the Panthers.
2: Obviously, uh, when we made our predictions that Phil Good thing. Wasn't really slated or anything like that, so that. We be... did
1: speak earlier. I mean, I didn't put it on this episode, but we did speak about um, Matt Elliott being uh, Matt Elliott and yep. Neil Henry being the first two guys on the chopping
2: block. So they did have a, a bit of a tumultuous <clears throat> season with uh, Elliott going and George Arles taking over the reins, and the whole guild situation with him taking control of the club. So, um, I guess when you go through that sort of thing off the field, it's you know it's. The, with their share of injuries that as well, it probably added up to their twelfth place finish.
1: Yeah, and we're up to the final team. That's the, the funny thing that shocked me. I was like, "Oh shit, that's right." Panthers finished second last year. Yeah. but it's good to going back through this now. Anyway, onto the final team, the uh, premiers of last year, minor premiers, uh, the Dragons, St George Illawarra Dragons.
2: They're going to be tough to beat. Mm-hmm. To
0: do it. That's yeah, the ring of seagulls. What did you say? Mighty. You said
2: you didn't say mighty. No, I was being Oh, honest. you've let yourself down, you've let, let your family down, down. you've let Hang the on. club down, you've let everybody down. We'll let
1: that out. The mighty man in the Ring the eagles
2: No, <laughs> you can't get back from that. So even you doubt them. They're no longer mighty. Oh, they're fucking mighty. Big year for the Dragons. This is where they consolidate. Mm. So there's probably one thing that will derail them, and that's the speculation over Wayne Bennett's future.
1: Yeah, Newcastle. Another team that could probably, you know, benefit from... A great coach. He realised he's not going to any of those places. Yeah. I still think, worst case scenario, they're still going to finish in the top four.
0: <laughs> I, I, don't, I,
1: don't, I don't see a massive plunge. I don't see them
0: finishing
2: outside the top four. Definitely. I've got them finishing second. I, so I just worry about the effect that that's going to have on the club if he does indeed come out and say, two months into the season, well, I'm going yeah. to Broncos. Or Team X. Yep. Whatever.
1: See, it's a more realistic approach. I don't think they're gonna get the minor premiership, but they are absolutely going to win. Tigers, they might get the minor premiership and then it'll be a bit of choking.
2: Oh right, so now you're moving the choking <laughs>
0: tag onto the t-
1: oh, Like they did last God. year. <laughs> There's some excellent calls at the end there about Manly, where I where I stated categorically that they would not win the minor premiership, but they would win the title. <laughs> And the tigers. There are
2: hurtful things about the tigers.
1: I even mentioned something about the tigers choking. What do you know? Yeah. What do you call that game against the Warriors when they are leading 18-6, and dominating?
2: Unfortunate.
1: <laughs> I have to reprise it a bit. It was a bit of the. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, we were talking about the dragons. We were, we were very on, insightful. As far as the Bennett stuff.
1: Bennett stuff. You were you were absolutely spot on. Um, <laughs> not so much about when you completely dismissed Newcastle as a possible <laughs> team <laughs> where we could go to. Um. We uh, went on for, a, a vast majority of the discussion was, uh, that I didn't um, put into this episode, we, we were talking about, you know, what would the Dragons have been like? Would they have won last year if they hadn't had Bennett from ninety uh, from uh, 2009? And we kind of were tending to say, no, no, they wouldn't have won at all. Uh, Soud wouldn't have been the same player. Players like Wayman wouldn't have been the same as they have been under Bennett and uh, I guess they kind of well they had him this year I mean they did fade badly um, ba- very badly um, and the future I guess it doesn't look that it doesn't look that rosy for them <laughs> oh,
2: not in not in our eyes obviously the Dragons fans will always have hope because you know they kept hope for 30 years of yep. you know nothing and the and cycle begins again That's what they do they keep hope
1: yep yep so, but I mean,
2: you need more than fucking hope.
1: You do, and uh, I, I just feel you know the Dragons fans, you know, sort of in the ten to twenty year old age group, probably in the box seat because they'll definitely see another Dragons premiership in thirty one years <laughs> <laughs> when they're the uh, the steel the steel Dragon Sharks.
2: <laughs> Look, there's always teams that you know every year. There's a team that's teams that slide and teams that rise, and uh, the Dragons have had a few good years under Bennett. A couple of minor premierships. Uh, uh, they won the title. Um, you know, some some successful seasons. They they really dominated the competition certainly through the regular season uh, for the majority of his three seasons at the helm. And they got the work cut out for them <laughs> psychologically for some of those players, and and also Steve Price coming into the job uh, for twenty twelve. He's you know, he's a Bennett assistant, so you would imagine he'd be in a similar sort of mould. But he's he's obviously going to want to put his own sort of stamp on things, yeah. put, Not his a f- put his own flavor to on it, <laughs> and um, yeah, that that's going to you know, that'll be the, the the telling thing for the Dragon season is how the players respond to him and how he connects with them in re- you know in relation to how Bennett did. Whether it's the same sort of approach or whether um, he has his own unique spin on things and and. And gets in the players' heads in a positive way, and I don't know. He ain't Wayne Bennett, and the drag, the fact that he's he's turned turned his back on them, and I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that Dragons will beat Newcastle for the next three, four years.
1: I guess we'll find out, but um, yeah, I'm not prepared to. I'm not prepared to categorically say that right <laughs> just at the moment. Um, but I do expect Bennett to have a pretty. I mean, considering the 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 Knights dragged themselves into the eight. With all the injuries and stuff that they had and drama they had through the season, mm. um, just a stable, just a stable uh, injury-free team. You know, yeah. could do wonders for them. Let alone having Bennett at the helm.
2: Yeah, exactly. And Fluffy, no doubt.
1: And Fluffy, well, you know, super, the super fullback Fluffy slash winger, international winger, 2011. Um, the More misses. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we were pretty shit sure, to be honest.
2: A few bats in there.
1: Yeah, there were a couple of... And that, that's the other thing, too. A couple like, of epic dings. Like, all the Yeah, I mean, a lot of... You know, a lot of the dings I got were just... Because I was, you know, confident that Manly were going to win. Because you're ignorant, yeah. And, uh, and, and it turned out that they did win. Um, the 2011 Premiership, 2014, over the Warriors. Sensational. Um, and Tigers, obviously. I, I was death riding the Tigers, and that came true as well. <laughs> so there were a lot of built-in... Just, the, I, think, I think, any year where one of our teams wins, one of our teams win, there would be... Um, a certain amount of dings to be to be taken out of that. Yeah. Uh, we were fair. I just want to look back on the teams. Um, Storm, we were fairly wrong there. Um, fairly wrong about the Cowboys. Um, Definitely. Pretty much spot on about Sharkies. Um, wrong about the Doggies. Some people more wrong than others because, I mean, you, you certainly bought into the whole fact that the Dogs were back Definitely. last year. Yeah, um, I expected a lot more of them. We didn't go too badly on the Eels. Uh, the Knights pretty far. <laughs> once again yeah. the kiss of death side makes the 8 yeah exactly um, Bo Henry that was hilarious uh, Broncos were fairly well I mean actually we were mixed with the, I mean we did uh, did give some credit to a few players that did turn out to be really good this year Um, Rabbits were fairly spot on Manly I was spot on Canberra fairly far in the mark both of us there <laughs> apart from the early call that Orford was going to be shithouse. Um, Roosters mixed results there Warriors mixed You were spot on with their finishing position, though. Uh, Titans, you were pretty much spot on. You certainly picked the slide. Tigers, dead wrong. Uh, I was dead right, probably. Penrith, we picked the slide there. Yep. Uh, Dragons, well, we did expect them to do a lot better than they actually did, unfortunately, for the Dragons fans, but uh, not for the Manly fans.
2: All in all, more misses than hits, so why are you listening? (laughs)
1: Exactly. Turn (laughs) off right now. Recaps. Well, I should say recap.
0: Mm.
1: One game, it was a test match. On Sunday, Osgrid Stadium, in front of a crowd of almost 33,000 spectators, Australia absolutely annihilated the New Zealand side. 42 points, 2-6 in a game that was not even a match. Or a match that wasn't even a game. What
0: obliterated brew.
1: Absolutely shafted. Amazing. It was like, it was like, a once a Warriors, it was like, Australia with Jake the Mass, and, uh, <laughs> and New Zealand was some dickhead, in the, that was eyeballing him in, in the pub, <laughs> essentially. Uh,
2: where New do we New Zealand s- was Uncle Bully.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's, fucking Uncle Bully. Iwate scores. Fucking Uncle Bully. Iwate scores. <laughs> And that that's basically the way, the way it happened. I mean, we scored immediately. It was about third or fourth minute. Uate Pardee he got the parde started. Um he scored uh, he scored his, his double four minutes later. He almost scored his hat trick in the first fifteen minutes. He dropped the final pass that would have seen him in for his third try. Um the Australians were in there in uh the thirteenth minute. Fluffy, Darius Boyd, he uh, he scored out on the left on the left wing. Um then Uate had the drop ball where he uh he, the try line was open. He would have scored the try. He just Definitely dropped it. Dropped it. Uh, Chris Lawrence, Betty White. He got a couple of tries as well. He got a double. He scored his first in the 20th minute. Um, although that was a real charity try. I mean, <laughs> who was it on the inside that it was a Dar- uh, Darius Boyd started it off and then he passed to someone on the inside who then laid it off to as a as, as a pity. Luke Lewis. Uh, I think yes, it was Luke Lewis. I mean, he could have fallen over the line, but he laid it off as a bit of a, a bit of a pity fuck for Chris Lawrence because you know he figured. This is his first and last Don't appearance.
2: Don't try and bait me.
1: First his last appearance in the great, in I just grand goal this season. <laughs> Do the world a fucking favour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, Lawrence scored another try. He got his double uh, 34 minutes into the game. Um, the third one was pretty shit on the goal kicking, actually. He was drinking the Benji juice. Or maybe it was just a, you know, Benji night or something. It was like He was, <laughs> he was in such close proximity to Benji Marshall that he couldn't buy a goal. Um, Australia were leading 26-0 going into the orange breaks. Second half little bit tighter it started off of the, obviously the Kiwis sort of lifted a bit um, came out from a half time break they, I, I suppose most importantly they stopped Australia from adding any more points for a while and they were the first people to score and it took them until the 56th minute of the game Kevin Locke scored the easiest try from dummy half you've ever seen Kiwis got a bit of a roll on
2: bit of footwork and some acceleration was enough
1: made them look stupid I mean lazy markers etc et <coughs> Um but that was <laughs> that was it they got it back 26 points to 6 and then it was Australia again uh, 63rd minute a try to uh, Big Sauce Keefy our mate Keefy Galloway he scored a try he scored two tries and he, the, the try I right, each of his last two try last you did week. pick him you, you did have him down did you have him down his first try scorer though I think
2: no no I said he'd get a try okay. I didn't say he was going to be first try did you have any money chance. on it
1: no would have paid alright Big source getting a try. Probably would have. I mean, first try score. He's what, he usually pays around fifty bucks. I mean, I don't know what it would be like for him just to score a try through the game. Uh, five minutes later, Willie Tonga scored a try, and uh, finally Darius Boyd he scored a try uh, ten minutes before full time, and um, showed some good so pace. Great pace. He actually looked really good out there on the left on the left wing. Mm. Tell you what, Uate, though, I mean, you got to give him that. You got to give him that right wing. He was sensational. I oh. mean, you think of, you think just of,
2: a great player, mate.
1: You think of the test match they played in um, the Anzac Day test match where they had the the outside uh, combination of Lockyer to, to Thayde to Hodges to Yowie. Right, Yowie, you have to blow up on the left-hand side and displace Fluffy, I reckon, because, I mean, you're not getting the Ate Pardee out of there. He's it's sensational. He's
2: it's just, it's just a fantastic player, and the way he can bring the ball back, you know, in a more competitive game, you probably would have seen his ability to bring the ball back. Uh, at pace and, and make those extra yards he didn't have to really do that didn't have to do it like yeah it wasn't necessary attacking prowess but just yeah just awesome that's why we love him so much
1: and just I mean, speaking about the, the way the game went what you you can't say enough good things about Australia um, Lockyer was involved just, in everything
2: he, he certainly was and I mean Lockyer's you know he had a great season but yep. he certainly didn't play like that for the whole season you've got to put the credit down to Tim Sheens coaching um <laughs> I mean the fact that, that Lockyer in, in his in his last game on Australian soil uh, has finally got the benefit of of a master coach. You know he's never had that in his career before, and you know he revelled in it, really revelled in it. The fact that he had you know guys like Chris Lawrence and um, Keith Galloway to pass the ball to as well, and, and it showed that, that you know the great finishing that they would have learned at the Tigers as well under Tim Sheens as well. Um, you know it's a great finishing there, especially from Keithy. Are you finished?
1: Are you finished yet? Oh, uh, I want to edit this whole section out. It's a bit And as...
2: then, I mean, obviously for New Zealand, the only bright light was, was Benji Marshall's performance. I mean, or again, Tiger. I mean,
1: did Benji Marshall even touch the ball? Join the dots, mate. Join the dots. Did Benji even touch the ball? He did. I swear to God. He I did God. a couple did, of times as he
2: was being propelled over the sideline at a rapid rate of nights <laughs> by someone's shoulder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Russell Packer, very Good early on, to decided, you, decided to test, uh, test Lockie's cheekbone. Uh, he went for yes. the wrong side with With his elbow, um, but Jesus didn't miss him, and that one week is oh, yeah. that is such a bullshit penalty one week for that
2: that was crap
1: I was saying we were talking before we started recording i mean if if Steve Matti had done that ten weeks easy easy ten weeks uh, no questions given asked.
2: like given Lockyer is a bit of a protected species, I expected yeah. it to be even if it wasn't what it was, I expected it to be six weeks
1: at least a penalty as well at the time you know
2: the fact that it was on Darren Lockyer and he still only got a week and it was a pretty ordinary act as it was like Jesus because
1: it was undoubted like you know it started high it finished high it was a leaning sort of elbow Um, I mean it was pretty bad
2: it just happened to be on the side of his face where he's recently had plates inserted and screws.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd like to think that Packer didn't do it deliberately. I mean, I think Clearly, he was, I think he was Jared trying Clearly,
2: Beal got in his ear.
1: Yeah. He said, look, you know, this is what you do. He said, hey, bro. Hey, bro, i got the inside knowledge, bro. You want to stop the Aussies?
2: I reckon your elbow's a bit harder than my knee, bro. <laughs> Why don't you have a crack at Lockie's face then, eh? <laughs> but, Their forwards were just so ineffective, and... Their, their, player, their
1: player, every single player, except for a brief, brief glimpse of Locke in the second half when he scored the try, and then yep. you know, started. He almost uh, made some breaks as well, um, trying to do the same thing, like you know, quick uh, pick up from dummy half. Other than that, had nothing. yeah, if,
2: if especially their forwards, they just couldn't lay any sort of platform. Australia's defence and work around the ruck just worked them over and uh, just making ground at will. Mm-hmm. Some of the attack, I mean. Again, you've got to give credit to Sheen's coaching the way they attacked and the way they threw the ball around. Um,
1: Didn't have anything to do with the quality of the players. Sorry. Didn't have anything to do with the quality of the players. I mean, I would, I would imagine it's more. It was more to the uh, the injection of Watmo and uh, and T Rex into the side. Like T Rex was unstoppable. Well, that's just retarded. Uh, he was unstoppable. I mean, he, he just he made it he made it easy for the left hand
2: side. He did have a couple of good runs. He pretty
1: much carried Australia so. <laughs> home on his back.
2: No, they. The attack is... It's certainly when the scoreline started to blow out and they did chance their arm on a few plays. Um, There was a couple of plays that should have probably resulted in tries, but just the fact... It was beautiful to watch players pushing up around the ball across the park and you thought you'd be like two inside balls then someone would run around and there'd be a long cut-out ball to someone on the fly down the flank and it'd come two passes inside and someone else had hit that pace. Just... When you put those good players, those quality players, um, on the same playing field as, and and give them, you know, the, the room to move that New Zealand gave them, it's just freaking great to watch. Why it it you, you love rugby league? Sometimes. Exactly. I haven't
1: seen anything like it since the grand final. This is the first time since there was, the grand final we've absolutely seen none of that. Sort seen Australia, Australia raping New Zealand with you know brilliant play, players on the field and uh, brilliant plays. Right. <laughs>
2: I have to apologise for getting started with my Tigers uh, rant. Yeah, you I should apologise. I had to retaliate, and now I feel <laughs> sick in my stomach. So,
1: Premieres. Look, great,
2: uh, great coaching from Sheenzy. Great finishing from uh, Chris Lawrence and uh, Keithy Galloway. But really, Lockie was great. I thought Boyd was great. The Uate party Really should have had his hat-trick. I can't believe he dropped it. Yeah. Yeah, How about the crowd getting behind him? He's a massive favourite there, eh? Of course. It's really good to see. And it was good ground, great day, and uh, awesome crowd.
1: Daytime football. The quality of the the attack.
2: It was good to see people get out and support it in Newcastle as well. Um, There's obviously good buzz about Rugby League in Newcastle. Um, You know, they're pretty much... The Knights are much loved there. But... um, for Australia to play New Zealand and have a packed house there, yep. uh, Lockie's last game on Australian soil, um, but the Fords were great as well. Scott, yep. uh, Cameron Smith had a good game. There wasn't really a poor performer in the whole Australian side. Yeah, there, there really so wasn't. Uh, but New Zealand, geez, they got some work to do ahead of the Four Nations. Yeah, to oh, well, that. The,
1: this is the thing. Traditionally, for New Zealand, they always get a blasted out in the in the standalone tests. I mean, the only times they beat Australia are in the final, and that's after they've usually had a couple of weeks, you know, to. You know, get the side up to par and gel, uh, and I guess it also allows Australia time to sort of get complacent, which is a you know a classic Tim Sheen's coach side trade.
2: Do you know who New Zealand remind me of? Who? Parramatta. Yeah. Who coaches Parra again?
1: I don't know. You like to tell me. Huh. Remind me who? Stephen Kearney. Oh wow, that's a coach. Hey.
2: To coach New Zealand?
1: Yeah. So. He's made
2: he just bringing that stink wherever he goes now, is not he? The <laughs> Parramatta stink.
1: Yeah, but if, I wonder if New Zealand are gonna come and um and hit Australia in the final you know, and that choke them. You yeah, know, maybe with a Captain Snooze bomb at the end of the end of the final or something when Australia's up by two.
2: And that concludes our episode for this <laughs> evening and uh it's it's been lovely uh chatting with you, Nathan. Let's say uh now pass me that knife. <laughs>
1: Tim Sheen's size have got it in them. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about Tim Sheen's nice coach rebuttal. size? <laughs> Twitter. We had a couple of Twitter. I mean, a lot of the Twitter was like just back and forth <laughs> abuse, so you know, and banter rather than uh, tweets about the game. But we had our old favourite Cruzio six in there, he said, uh, "Yes, Benji, Lockie is still better than you ever were, or ever will be. Just deal with it." Got anything to say to that? No. <laughs> Williams two seven seven. To be fair, it's awfully easy to look good when you're running up against a turnstile, Benji.
2: Oh, hang on a second. <laughs> I actually thought, for the most part, he did all right in defence. He wasn't got, alone in missing tackles, no. though.
1: And we got Scotty eel says, uh, it's not really the coach's fault. Can't tackle or catch a fucking ball today."
2: Yeah, that was in reply to my one bad <laughs> when gun, you were talking about. So. Yeah,
1: when you are talking about uh, uh if you if you get a Parramatta coach to coach your side and don't expect Parramatta results, yeah. then you're an idiot. <laughs> um, and that's all we got uh, on the on the Twitter side of things. I think everyone's winding down. The season's pretty much over.
2: Yeah, I think so. Everyone's sort of is is of the realization now that it's the off season, and um, you know I still can't wait for next season. But you know yeah. we've got the four nations to get through, and hopefully we'll see Australia um, put a few performances like that together, and we'll all be happy. Can't have any happy Kiwis in the world.
1: No. that is full time for episode number 70 as always you can interact with us on Twitter any time of the season so follow at TWI league Facebook well and truly cracked the 800 target smashed it bring your friends tell everybody get on there um, we're sitting on 815 at the moment
2: if you're oh. new Twitter or Facebook follow hit us up
1: yeah let us know you're out there because um. say hi exactly buy because, us a beer exactly or bourbon or Buy merchandise, <laughs> or b- buy a shirt, um, but yeah, I mean, just how about you just start start by saying hello because there's a lot of s- lot of lot of, so- lot of lot of quiet people out there. Yeah, we want to
2: hear from you. We want to interact with each and every member of Tool Nation, and the fact that you've signed up to Twitter and are following us or Facebook, um, and are listening to the show, then it really means a lot to us. And you know, we we interact and we reply to everything. So exactly, look us up
1: iTunes keep the reviews coming we got another one this week which is from someone by the name of Super Lee the best league show bar none sorry five stars awesome was the title of course best league show bar none makes me laugh hard enough to choke on my coffee and spit it on the woman next to me on the tram nice go manly (laughs) (laughs) legendary review from a legendary person
2: liked it all except the ending
1: (laughs) when I say tram I mean does that mean it's uh, someone in Melbourne
2: I think he meant tramp
1: the woman next to him on the tramp. Yeah. So 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 he's uh so he's 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 on a tramp. It's probably a, no, a three at night
2: m- <laughs> on his way to the cross. Couple Keep going of, with it. Couple of uh you know paint
1: your picture. Sorted women
2: <laughs> beside him. I mean, he's my kind of guy. Uh
1: yeah. website become a mighty member of the mighty tool nation by signing up at thisweekinleague.com. Now, um, this week with the show, I think I uh, got an email from our host, current host, saying that uh, I think it's around about now, maybe tomorrow, or maybe not for this episode, maybe for the next episode, that they're discontinuing allowing the upload of, of the... Uh, the chap did the the uh, M four A files uh with the chapters and you know the oh, artwork okay. and stuff like that. So it might be a straight M P three and then also got an email saying I think on November the first they're discontinuing the upload of MP three. So we really I mean we were intending to move hosts over the off season and um they've really forced our hand now so we're mm. gonna be moving and uh, it's gonna be a lot better for everyone that's for sure. Um with a lot of awesome stuff and if it happens you know if it has to happen before the end of this season before we finish this season of shows then so be it Um, and yeah people get to see the benefits of the new host immediately rather than waiting till March excellent Um, I don't have anything else oh podcast awards make sure you go to PodcastAwards.com with as many email addresses and from as many locations as you possibly can each and every day up until and including October the 27th
2: and when you've done that jump over to thisweekinleague.com get into the online shop and buy some merch
1: exactly and get those pre-orders in for the shirts because I really want to hit the go button on these ones because uh, we want to give away our, our number one uh, embroidered shirt to the uh, exactly. to, to the prize winner so uh, we, well, I really want to announce that as well so uh, get in there order your shirts now and uh, we'll get the order going and uh, get them out there well and truly in time for Christmas
2: And don't forget all the winners of the Jabra Sport headsets. uh, They'll be in the mail in, well, probably as you listen to this. Yeah, a
1: couple of days. They'll probably be in the mail by the time you're listening to this. Uh, So I would expect that you're listening to this on the Thursday or the Friday. I'd expect to see it in your mailbox the following week. No problem at all. That's it for me. Me too. See you later. Have a good week. This week in league, Russell Packer is awarded a 1 out of 10 for his Steve Matai impersonation.
2: Paul Osborne turns...
1: Podcasting phenomenon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, how do my words taste.
1: This week in league, Russell Packer is awarded a 1 out of 10 for his Steve Mattai impersonation.
2: Paul Osborne... <coughs> Oh my god. (laughs) And we pay homage to our genius as we (laughs) (laughs)
0: revisit.
1: Shall we just go from that one?
0: Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.